Hello, Nick. G'day, Tom. How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? Very well. And to all you listeners, welcome to another episode of Divine, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of devo- uh, design and development. Uh, so, Tom is here. Hello. Yes, and I'm a, a branding-focused designer working out of Melbourne. Um, and as always, joined by Nick. Hello, and I uh, run a digital agency out of Melbourne as well. So, today, um, we are going to talk about responsiveness. So, responsiveness um, in, in a design and, and web context mainly. Um, and so, I wanted to start with a little story. So, when I um, first got in the web game, yeah. this was around uh, 2013, I think it was. And I remember at the first agency I was working at, there was still this thing where like you would click a link and it would say like, you know, go to the mobile site. So like mobile responsiveness just like wasn't a thing yet or it was just starting to be a thing. And so there was still all these, um, yeah, like the mobile versions of the site and maybe if you did a site um, by default, like you didn't come with a mobile one. It was almost double the price or something like that. Yeah. Um, And it had all this tech around like detecting what browsers you're on or like if you're on a mobile or a tablet or whatever. And that was all server side and it would actually like serve you different pages and whatever. So, yeah. And so, um, I was researching when media queries came in and that was 2012 was when browsers added support for them. So, like that's not that long ago really in the scheme of things. And now like it's like, so I was looking at some stats um, on some of the sites we run. Um and they're e-com stores, and now 30% of them are desktop, and 60% is mobile, like visitors. Yeah, right. Isn't that crazy? Only in like eight years that that shift has changed so, so much. Mm. I mean, it makes sense to me, because I think about, you know, just like dumb scrolling on Instagram, and that's like, you'll end up up passing through some kind of predetermined journey, (laughs) and next thing you know, you're you're buying another skateboard. (laughs) Relatable content is the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, what, what's like, when was your sort of first experience around responsiveness or, or was that, yeah, when was that for you? Um, I guess it kind of, it, it coincided with me learning about web design and learning about development. Like it was mm-hmm. always a part of the conversation, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my first ever experiences with web design was through like um like website builders like so Uh, okay yep like i worked i did a bit of marketing for for a restaurant that i worked at and and we were using like weebly yeah yeah yep um and you know i encountered like wix and eventually squarespace um but my memories of like weebly which would have been like 2014 ish mm-hmm. was yeah like the mobile experience was so dodge it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was just definitely like, like an afterthought really wasn't it yeah it was just like this one style you know yeah 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 collapsed down to a column yeah yeah so that led to a lot of issues you know for trying to maintain content and um yeah I guess design just didn't have a role at all um mm-hmm. When it, when it came to trying to manage the mobile version of a site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now that it's so ubiquitous, the the mobile design, do you... And there was a big thing a few years ago around sort of mobile-first development. Um, but we'll go into that in a second. But what, from a designer point of view, do you do you design mobile-first or desktop-first or is it is that even a relevant question anymore? Like, I don't know, like... 
Yeah, I don't design mobile first. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did a bit of research about like what what does this mobile first thing mean? Yeah, and like it didn't seem as though it meant like in terms of the order in which you design kind of. Mm-hmm displays it's just saying like prioritize the mobile experience over the desktop one mm-hmm. um so i'm not sure whether like designing for a mobile device first necessarily makes the most sense like i feel like mm-hmm. desktop is a better way of getting all of the content out and yeah, des- yeah, yeah. designed and into these like i guess um most stretched out versions of layouts mm-hmm. And then the next logical step for me is to bring it into a mobile experience and, you know, pick up the design on a mobile and yeah, yeah. see what changes need to be made. So, I mean, to be honest, before the podcast, I was just typing into Google, like, is mobile first bullshit? Yeah. Is, yeah. is mobile first marketing spin, you know? For sure. Yeah, and I, I feel like that was, they were massive sort of, um, what's the thing, like... Um, synergy and what's what's the word for that the, uh, buzzwords yeah buzzwords and, and that was a massive buzzword and from from a coding perspective when they say mobile first development they sort of mean you build the html and the styles to the mobile design first and then use media queries to make the desktop version look right, right. as opposed to developing and styling the desktop version first and then using media queries to make stuff different when it's smaller um and so, the, and that was a massive thing in development for a while. Um, and I think it's got merit, um, and I do it that way personally. Yeah, um, right. In most cases, um, but uh, I, I don't really think that there's a, a real sort of great, you know, reason as to why you would do one way versus the other. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of preference in that respect. But uh, but that's all. Well, that's all um, considering media queries. And so, the interesting thing recently. Um, is that there's new sort of um, new CSS features that are allowing you to not even use media queries really anymore. So when there's like a there's CSS uh, functions, I guess you could call them, which uh, called MinMax and AutoFit, um, which allow you to sort of say like, you know, I want this to be the minimum size here and the maximum size here, and it sort of just like works it out based on how much it can fit in the space. So it really doesn't you don't really say like at this screen size do this. Yeah. just sort of give it like min and max values um, and so that's happening a lot more now especially with like using um, CSS grid and CSS flexbox um, allowed in doing that so it's interesting um, the research I was doing was saying that like you know more and more people are moving away from this hey let's use screen size as a um, as the thing you look at but more hey let's look at the content and see how that wants to fit um, and you know what's relevant to the content instead yeah okay so it's setting like max widths for particular types of content is that right stuff like that yeah um, also like you know how many um, columns or rows do you want minimum maximum Um, even you can even use it for like any value that has like a pixel value or a percent value you can use these min max functions on it Um, so you can even use it for like type size and and all kinds of stuff so it's not just necessarily layout but it's sort of almost like the whole experience in a way Um, and so you define those min maxes and and there's there's other stuff as well but um, yeah it's definitely sort of becoming more and more prevalent yeah cool Um, and what kind of do you know what kind of support there is for this Um, this? yeah pretty good Um, essentially everything except for Internet Explorer so 
if you're not supporting that anymore and like pray to god or pray for your soul if you are but <laughs> if you're not then these things are pretty much adoptable um so yeah, yeah that's really sort of exciting and interesting um but it's yeah it's, it's a different sort of paradigm around you know how you approach the sizing of these things and to be honest like i don't even do it that much um at the moment it definitely doesn't um it's not like the main way i lay things out i definitely mm. still use media queries predominantly um but it's certainly something that I'm using more and more as, as time goes on. And I think it's just a, you know, as I get more comfortable with it, I'm sure I'll end up liking it more. Sure. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting to see, like, you know, Figma rolling out these particular design features as well, like auto For layouts. Yeah, sure. um, yeah, 100%. So it's, it's very much like, in like, it's it's very much related to, to, to what's current. Yeah, definitely. And it's sort of going hand in hand to allow... Um, yeah designers to then build stuff that makes it uh makes developers uh, use it well yeah and i mean we're talking about like we've touched on like using percentages and like relative Mm -hmm. units um so like i guess like is it fair to say that this idea of pixel perfect is just redundant yeah for sure and i probably would have told that or said that like five years ago as well um I remember when I first started the agency, yeah, we would get designs in Photoshop files and people would want pretty much pixel-perfect um, websites. And maybe that was okay um, when you had one screen size or two screen sizes or something. Um, Wasn't that ever the case? Um, yeah. I don't know if that was ever the case. That might have been just how we did it because it was such a new thing to be doing responsive sites. Um, right. I guess... What's interesting is, you know, back in the day, um, and probably what made this popular was something like Bootstrap, where it had, you know, like the three breakpoints. One was mobile, one was tablet, one was desktop, and one was like an extra large desktop or something like that. And those values are still forever used everywhere. And I don't know who started them, but definitely um, I would say Bootstrap made it popular. And it's interesting to think how like before mobile responsiveness, you had like the one experience to think about, which was a desktop experience. And that's not just a screen size, but that's also like a keyboard, like a, a big keyboard, um, arrow keys, a mouse, an accurate mouse. And then, you know, we see it go to, okay, well, we've got mobiles and tablets now as well. So that's another two experiences or another two screen sizes we need to think about. But like yeah. I said, that's that's experience. Uh, sorry, that's, um, yeah, that, that they're like different ways of interacting with content. Like you've got a bigger finger, which makes a bigger sort of touch mark on stuff. You um, can't do hover states. Um, you've got different... Um, abilities inside the phone and inside the tablet and so you start thinking about all these different experiences now these days it's almost like when, when i was asking before about designing around mobile or desktop i i wonder if like i i think about it more now like this is yet another sort of experience type or another touch point type like like any other way that a customer might interact with a brand you know you've got to design that experience for them um, yeah, for sure. And I think now the mobile sort of is becoming another experience almost in a way or like another thing to consider. It's not just it's not just the screen size, you know? Oh, for sure, yeah, because it's like a different way of interacting with a, a exactly. digital device, you know, like yeah. different, different gestures and um, different contexts within which it's used. Yeah, like, I think that's a really, really interesting one, figuring out that. Yeah, like... The, the need for like um, videos to have captions and like mm-hmm. or, or for the, the whole site to still perform correctly with video on mobile because often people are on their kind of 
you know, on public transport or in public yep. places and they're not going to always have access to headphones or want to have their phone kind of screaming out a video. Well, some people do and they're really sick. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the bin. <laughs> so one thing that's um, happened with a client recently is they've um, had a bunch of copy written um, for like desktop format or like long, long content. Mm. And they've also written a bunch of copy for like a short form version of it all for mobile users only because right. they're finding that the mobile users are reading, you know, way, way less of a paragraph or way less of an article, for instance. Yeah. Um, so they're actually developing content like specifically for that, which has been interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I guess everything kind of has to be responsive or like... Um, yeah. Has to, has to be reduced down because the same is said for logos. Often, for you know, sure, there's, there's sure. like... Maybe it's just that the logo goes from being horizontal to like stacked mm-hmm. vertically mm-hmm. or like the word mark just drops off and you've just got an icon in mobile. Yeah, totally. And you don't have to read like the eight-point font on a mobile screen. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but that's a big design consideration. I mean, anyway, it, it has mm-hmm. been, you know, logos that were being made in the 60s would still perform in these contexts. Yeah, so I guess uh, that's like... I, yeah, but actually I, I'm, I'm, I might just like not commit to that because when I think about it like these brands like Rolls Royce and you know mm-hmm. big brands with like iconic identities have had to kind of undergo these tweaks to make sure that they work in a digital context yeah 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 I guess like they probably had some things where you know they're putting them on letterheads or whatever they have a similar thing but um, you know mm. ha- have different you know compared to like the side of a factory or whatever yeah, it's just these tiny digital spaces. Yeah, yeah. Um, with such, yeah, the ability to have such high-res things means you can't sort of start having such tiny little pieces of logos, especially like, yeah, um, um, yeah, I guess small logos, whatever. Um, so when you're designing responsibly, how, what, what's the sort of like your process or what are you, are you designing sort of in steps as in screen size steps or are there multiple versions of the design you're creating Um, yeah how does that all work yeah i mean at a minimum there's like a desktop and a mobile Mm -hmm. um because i guess they represent and and like by desktop it's probably like 1400 pixels yeah okay or maybe 1440 i think with um and so they're, I guess they're the most extreme or the two mm-hmm. kind of general extremes. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the view that things that things can be kind of calculated in between mm-hmm. um, because everything's kind of designed to a grid these days. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so, and, and everything within those kind of, within the grid is, you know, um, you know, two or three column layouts. Yeah, so yeah. They're always stacked, um, you know, horizontally and vertically so that you, as, as you bring in the browser, they're just going to adjust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for, for like broadly for process, it's just desktop and mobile. And when it comes to mobile, like testing it on a mobile device with it, you know, on Figma, there's a tool called Figma Mirror, but I'm sure there's a, an equivalent tool for other prototyping software. So one of my questions as well is like, I mean, I've always worked in a really small teams of people um and yeah we get a a desktop design a mobile design um i don't know if i've I've probably had a few tablet designs in my life but Mm. 
so that, that that responsibility of what happens when it's on a tablet or what happens when it's between these screen sizes often falls to developers, I think. Um, yeah, right. And I wonder, you know, with these new sort of um, layout tools in Figma um, or whatever, um, I wonder if now that's sort of becoming more and more a designer's role who has to sort of lay these things out using that sort of newer technology. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, it, it could also possibly be just like a, a, a resource kind of mm-hmm. um, consideration, you know, like... For sure. If I was working in-house for, a, you know, for a particular um, product, then and I'm sitting next to the development team and they're showing me like, hey, like there's, there have been projects that you and I are working on and you're like dragging the browser and you're like, what do you reckon we do here with the nav? For sure, for sure. And it's like, yeah, cool, That's that's not... That's kind of tablet, what we were talking about in, in those moments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So having that sort of collaborative design dev environment, which yeah, we if, always love and talk about for sure. Yeah, and if that dialogue's open and it's like they're not siloed kind of roles, then it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not this like, oh, my God, like it wasn't considered at the start. It's like, all right, cool, this is a challenge. How do we like, yep, how, do, yep. how do we get through it? But I mean, I think also like when I've developed a website, like... I'd start with a desktop and mobile design, but then I am essentially designing kind of in the browser for some of these small details. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, you know, part of the reason we love sort of learning the other's trade a little bit is definitely like this crossover. It's a great example of it where as a designer, if you know a little bit about dev and how they're going to use CSS to lay things out, um, it really allows you to, yeah, know best okay, this layout might work better or this one's going to be hard to implement or whatever it is to make it easier for developers. And then on the flip side, a dev can get it and, and see, okay, the designer's done this for this reason because, you know, whatever it might be. So let's let's make sure we sort of keep that trend or keep that um, design idea or whatever it is. Um, and so I think that's, yeah, it's a really good sort of example of why knowing a bit more about the other side is, is really helpful. Yeah, and I mean it's the it's the basis of the podcast, but we'll always yeah. come back to it. It's like the more we know about the other kind of profession, the better off the the work's going to be. Yeah, yeah, totally. One of the other um, interesting sort of responsive things is the responsive units, um, EMs and REMs. Oh yeah. Um, now look, I'm going to be honest. I hate these things, and right. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I've never found it all that helpful to think in terms of them. Um, I So I use some CSS functions and stuff to turn all my PX values into rems and um, ems where it makes sense to. But half the time I just find it really confusing. Um, and so like just so we're on the same page. So an em is relative to the font size of its closest parent um, or of its parent. Whereas an REM is relative to the root font size only. So REM changes when like the HTML font size changes, whereas an EM will change if its parent changes. So the benefit of these units, I guess, is so that you can think of um, more building in components. So if you have a component that's a certain size, um, you can set its padding and font sizes with EMs so that when that component grows, um, then you know, the, the, the stuff inside it will grow as well. But I just don't think that 
it makes sense to do that based on the font size of the parents. Like the font size isn't the size, it's the font size. I don't know. It just doesn't, mm. you know what, semantically, it doesn't make sense <laughs> to me to, to use those. I don't know. Uh, somebody's probably going to call me an idiot for that, but I just can't stand them. Yeah, well, give us a call. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> 1-800, yet- I love semantics. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the, the, the times that I've been tweaking type, yeah, M units, REM units, I don't know, like, it always has struck me as kind of weird to have, like, a type of typographic hierarchy set in those terms. Mm-hmm. And when you change one, it can affect all these other things. And then, like, as soon as you're affecting font sizes with stuff, then you've got to think, okay, well, what about all the line heights? Like, all, all kinds of things change as well, but just changing the font size, I don't think, solves in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's where it's like, okay, this is the the average desktop experience. This is mm-hmm. kind of how we want type to be appearing. And this is kind of the average mobile one. And probably like tablet too, like I'd imagine it'd be worth having those steps in there. Mm-hmm. But like for every single increment from mobile all the way to like mega. Yeah. Well, I just want one design for every width, for every single pixel, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, that's the implication of this pixel perfect kind of yeah, message. Yeah, totally. It is. It is. Yeah. But we don't, fortunately, we don't hear it anymore. But I wonder whether like this mobile first kind of thing is, it already feels a little bit outdated. No, I, I agree. I think, I think you're right. It probably is now for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it will be exciting to see what all these new sort of properties and, and the design layout tools as well. I'm excited to see. Um, that although I wonder if as these design tools get better then developers are going to expect to implement things more accurately maybe based on those designs so I wonder if actually that might have a bit of a negative effect although it's going to give you the shits yeah but I think um, one of the things probably about these like uh, like Figma and NXD and whatnot is that they're going to be starting to output the CSS that we will be using for layouts and stuff like that, I reckon. Oh, so for I think, sure. They already yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. And I think that sort of, um, that crossover there, um, yeah, is really interesting and definitely yet another reason to learn about the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon that's, uh, that's all we've got time for today. Wrap it up. Yeah. Always a pleasure, Nicky boy. Cheers, mate. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll catch you next week.